wanted to tell you about my newest sponsor, which is the original Craft Beer Club. With the Craft Beer Club, club members can choose from 12 or 24 bottles a month of four different beer styles and select the frequency of delivery, monthly, quarterly, or every other month. At craftbeerclub.com, there's never sign up or monthly fees or an obligation to continue. Club members can cancel anytime for any reason. Use the link in the show notes to get free shipping in the continental U.S. and up to three free gifts. All right, welcome back in to Brewery Adventures. I'm your host, as always, David McKinney. Joining me once again for today's episode is a familiar voice to the podcast now he's been on. I think this is your fourth episode, uh, but uh, you know him on social media as Brewery Travels. Uh, His real name is Joel Geyer, but uh, today joins me once again because uh, yet another brewery that we've both been to. We're going to talk about books and brews today. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back, Joel. Well, thanks for having me on again, David. I Like I said, every single, like I think I say every single time, I really enjoy coming on and talking about a new brewery. And uh, this time around is no different. Looking forward to having a, a great conversation about books and brews and what they kind of bring so unique to the to the craft brewery scene. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting today because this is the the first time I think uh, we have been both been to the brewery, but we've both actually been to different locations of the mm-hmm. same brewery. Uh, Books and Brews, uh, we'll talk a little bit about them. They are based out of Indianapolis area, um, opened their original location in 2014, and then actually began franchising in 2017. They've had a couple of different locations. I think currently sitting at eight locations all in Indiana because the location that I had been to, uh, which was in Oxford, Ohio, on on the Miami University campus, is no longer a Books and Brews. The location is still open um, and it's still the same owners, but it's now known as Church Street Social um, and it's a very hmm. still a very similar concept uh, as Books and Brews with, you know, being a brewery or, or a brewery tap room. Uh, in addition to, you know, having gaming and then also being a used bookstore. So, yeah. kind of a, a fun, interesting story behind that. Um, I know a good amount about the the brewery itself. Uh, but yeah, so you went to I think the was it Zionsville? Zionsville. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Zionsville. Yep. So that one's it's just on the northwest i believe if I'm, my geography is correct the northwest side of the metro area um, of indianapolis because they have a, a lot of their locations are there in the indy the greater indy metro area um but yeah it was really unique and i don't know if you want to start with the tap room the setup kind of stuff first but um they all have their own of course as you can imagine their unique kind of feel because they're all like different spaces and they all kind of like build into those specific places where you walk in and at least in zionsville almost every single wall is like floor to ceiling, you know, used bookshelves and they're just full of used books that you can purchase for only $3 a crack. Uh, I think my wife who, while she does not enjoy be herself 
is one of the few times that she was excited about going to a brewery because she is a, a bookworm and she actually perched, I want to say at like three books, I think. Uh, so she loved going there and, and looking through them all. And uh, the Zion's location is also unique. It might be the only one. I, I know for sure it's one of the only ones that is actually two levels. So they actually have a set oh. of stairs that you can walk up and there's a whole other like loft balcony area that is again, just more bookshelves and some additional seating. Uh, so it was a really, really cool little, little spot there uh, to kind of hang out at for a while. Yeah. The, so yeah, they have um, eight locations currently. They have the mothership, which is in, uh, in, I think it's in like North, like the Northern part of actually mm-hmm. Indianapolis proper Carmel, Indiana, South Indy, uh, Noblesville, Zionsville, Brownsburg, and then Fort Wayne and Muncie all in Indiana. And as I mentioned, the location that was in Oxford is now um, known as Church Street Social. But the the look the the locations, um, I, I like that they have a similar concept, but they're not all exactly the same. And again, I've only been to one of them, but looking at some of the pictures, they look a little different. But uh, one of the things the uh, the original owner Jason Werfel um, actually, because he was on such a, a, a tight budget when he originally opened up the first location in 2014, actually built most of the furniture in the original location himself. And it looks like they have a lot of similar furniture. So I'm not sure how much of the the other locations he's actually built the furniture, like chairs and tables and things huh. like that. But um, cool. a, kind of a cool thing and a, and a nice little unique touch. Um, and they do, uh, you mentioned, you know, being a used bookstore, they actually do donate 10% yep. of the proceeds from the book sales to, uh, to, to uh, charities that are, um, I think most Indian of them are, yeah. The organization and cause yeah, that's it, it like benefits adult and child like literacy programs is what, which makes sense. Of course, you know, being the, the used bookstore kind of thing. It's a cool, cool thing that they're able to promote with that. Yeah, and so I also see that you have uh, not only the glassware, I know you're a big glassware guy, but also you have the Books and Brews t-shirt. I'm a big brewery t-shirt person, and I love their really understated logo Mm -hmm. and um, and, and some of the the style of of the t-shirts that they have. It's, It's not in your face uh, over the no. top or anything like that, but it's, and it's really understated, which is, is kind of, I think fits with their, with their branding. Yeah. And like I mentioned, this is the only time that my wife has purchased a brewery shirt for herself too. So we got matching shirts because she was just, she really had a fun time being there. And it was fun to kind of be able to meld our two kind of hobbies together into one spot. Cause I don't think that's going to, there's not many places that are like that where you can find <laughs> that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, actually, in the Cleveland area, there's another brewery with a similar concept called Bookhouse Brewing. Mm. That if you ever make it up to to the Cleveland area, I think is is a, a maybe a list, yeah. maybe yeah you can get your maybe uh, get your wife to, to to go to another brewery with you. <laughs> I'm I'm very lucky that my wife is is a fan of breweries as well, so we've been to to a bunch of different ones, but. Um, yeah, so so books and brews uh, they started in 2014, and they they've slowly added uh, more and more locations. Uh, I think they originally at one point were actually looking at a like potentially franchising a location as far away as like Denver. Um, wow, I'm not sure if that ever came to fruition. It's not on their website or anything like that, but they definitely look like they you know are are super open to different mm-hmm. locations. 
Um, they had the location, as I mentioned, in Ohio, but uh, it is a really cool concept. And and the thing that, um, you know, I was actually at the location that I went to kind of during the day, but I know that they actually are really big on creating, you know, like a community feel. So mm-hmm. they like it being really a place that people can gather. So I know they're, well, they're big on their slogan on the shirt is a place for people without a place is the slogan on their shirt. Like I like, they like to bring in different types of people, I think, and have different yeah. activities and, you know, have these kind of events and games and whatnot to kind of have people there for more than just coming there to just drink beer, you know, which is obviously the, one of the primary things, but they like to bring in people for a, for a variety of reasons, it seems. Yeah. That, that it definitely looks like, you know, they do a lot of like tabletop games that I know mm-hmm. is, is a huge community thing, obviously during COVID, not probably as, yeah. as big of a thing <laughs> right much. now, but um, it, it is, is a cool idea. I know that breweries are always, trying to get people to come and stay and, you know, for as long as they can to obviously drink more beer and having a place where it really is a community gathering spot and, you know, you're going and playing a game and, or doing trivia or, you know, going for, um, they've even done like book, uh, like book events, like book releases, I think like readings from books. I know that Kurt Vonnegut Jr. is actually from Indianapolis area. So they've actually hosted him for, um, at least one event, um, but being a, a bookstore kind of lends itself to, to, to so many different things in addition to being a brewery, um, obviously. And it's not even, you know, I, I, a lot of times you say the, the, the beer is always the most important thing. And I don't, not saying that their beer is not important, but I feel like the beer with them is almost kind of secondary. Yeah. It's at least one of like many things that they have going on. Like, you know, they have other kind of facets of their business that they consider to be, you know, if not as important, close to as important, uh, which I think is really cool, which again is unique because a lot of places you go to for a brewery, you know, it's, you're going to a warehouse tap room, you're sitting down, you're having a beer, maybe there's cornhole or darts or something, but you know, you're going there and you are primarily there just for the beer and they're trying to encompass a more broad variety of activities and reasons, other reasons that you would come to the tap room essentially. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think it's also, it is a cool, it's a place that really is, um, you know, for people that like beer and like breweries um, and also people that don't, my father-in-law actually kind of went, I think he went to the VA in Indianapolis and actually kind of stumbled upon, I think he was just looking for places and he's a, a brewery fan, but, you know, I think he saw, Hey, here's a bookstore. That's also a brewery. Let's check this mm-hmm. out. And um I think that he was really a big fan of, of, of it as well. I know he's a, a very avid reader and, and he was a big fan. And, and it, I think it, it really just has a, you know, opens itself up to a different customer base yeah. than what you would get from a typical brewery. Well, and like I said, like my, my wife has gone to, she occasionally goes to breweries with me because especially for like my milestone visits or just in general occasion, like to eat some of the, if, if the food is going to be good, she enjoys that. But she doesn't drink beer at all, but she actually enjoyed going to books and brews. And if we lived in the Indianapolis area or if we ever back there, she would go back. She would go back there and she would spend money because she would probably buy other books. So it's like they're getting people into their into their space that, you know, aren't necessarily your typical, you know, craft beer drinker or just beer drinker in general. Yeah. And you mentioned food. They also do have food. Um, it looks mm-hmm. like, you know, typically more of like what you would expect for almost from like a cafe style. Yeah. Um, they've got like sandwiches and things like Which that. Kind of I actually the theme. I kind of, yeah, the whole vibe there. I feel like I actually was there. I think it was a Sunday afternoon and I was 
I think it was kind of too early, too late for lunch, but too early for dinner. And I, I had a mm. scone that was fantastic. I'm not sure if they got it from somewhere local or, or what, but uh-huh. um, they also have like some baked goods, which is, I'm always a fan of the baked goods. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the beer. They actually yeah. carry um, or they, they have, I think it's five different beers and they're all themed. Uh, all the names are, um, uh, book themed. So they have Nancy, which is the Citra hopped pale ale Clifford, which is, uh, Clifford, obviously the big red dog is big an Irish ale. style red ale cream and punishment, which is a take on uh, crime and punishment, uh, which is a cream ale. Charlie, which is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is a chocolate milk stout, and then Shogun Soba Ale, an amber ale with buckwheat, um, and and obviously the famous book Shogun. Um, I actually only tried the Cream and Punishment, but I I was a big fan of it. It was a, a nice light drinking, really good cream ale, and the the kind of the interesting thing with um, with the brewery because they the location in Ohio actually didn't brew beer there. So they actually had to go through a distributor in Ohio to oh. get beer from, huh. from the original uh, or from the, uh, Interesting. the, the home base in Indiana. And mm-hmm. I think that that was a big, I know that at one point they were really trying to, to, to brew the beer um, on premise, but I don't think they ever got to that point, but it's just one of those crazy, you know, brewery beer laws, Rule regulation um, things. Yeah. Yeah. In Ohio, you can actually self-distribute, but only if the beer is uh, produced in Ohio. And I think that they okay. um, had to go through a distributor um, otherwise, but yeah, they, the beers. So the one beer they actually didn't have on tap that I, I really would have been interested to try is the Amber Ale with buckwheat. I'm not sure. Um, that I've really had too many beers with buckwheat and it sounds really interesting. I don't know. What did you try when you were there? Yeah. So I, I had five beers on my flight. So they actually had, I don't know, maybe it was because it was in like closer there, but they do also have aside from their mainstays, they actually had several like one-offs and seasonals that they brew. Um, so the two, I did have two of the mainstays and that was the Clifford, the big red ale. And then I did have the, the Shogun, the, the Amber Ale with Buckwheat. And it was interesting. It was it was uh, sweeter, I, I felt like, than, than a typical Amber Ale, I thought. Um, it wasn't my personal favorite of the ones that I tried, at least. Uh, that would be, my favorite was, it was called the White Rabbit. And it was a bourbon barrel-aged sour pear, pale ale. And oh, wow. it was, as you can imagine, combining those things into a beer. It was very interesting on the palate. Uh, because you got, there was, and I think you, you, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I'm not, I'm usually not huge on the bourbon barrel aged beers. That's just not my personal cup of tea, but in this particular instance, the bourbon meshed with kind of the sour components and a little bit of the hoppiness from the pale ale just really well. And each one, like there was not, none of them, none of it was overpowering. So I thought it was just a really well-made beer. Um, then the other two I tried that were both, I would say were actually probably my two next favorites. Uh, Flowers for Algernon, which was a lavender ale, which was really interesting um, because it obviously just featured lavender was very floral, but kind of in a sweeter, sweeter mouthfeel. And then also a s'more stout, which was chocolate with, as you can imagine, kind of uh, some hints of of, of marshmallow notes in there as well. Um, 
but yeah, I thought, I thought all of them, I, w- I would drink all of them again. Um, and the, the white rabbit though, was the one that stuck out to me the most, uh, on that particular visit. So, yeah, that's, uh, I like the flowers for Algernon. That's actually one of my yeah. favorite books, um, as well. Um, and I, I love, um, I've only ever had, I think one or two lavender ales and it actually, they actually surprisingly surprised myself that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. them. I, yeah. Um, because that's not really a style a that you see all the time and b that you would think like oh this actually would be good um but apparently i and like my notes it's actually flowers for ale jernon now that i'm looking okay. I, I, I miss so you know they have to play on words because i remember talking to the guy there and i asked him about like you know how fu- how much fun do you guys have coming up with you know for some of like the seasonal like like the one-offs like the names for them you know based on books he's like yeah we have a pretty good time coming up with some of those so yeah yeah, and they have on their website uh, pictures um, of the beer and cans. I'm not sure if they actually do can, um, but they have some really unique cans. It's just a yeah. um, a very like minimalist style um, with um, just like the silver can and then the Books and Brews logo and a very minimalist um, like logo on the can with uh, with a short little saying. And again, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they actually do have cans or not but uh if you are probably in indianapolis area if they um, i'm not sure if they distribute or or what but uh yeah so a couple other interesting things about the beer so they actually partnered with a brewery called flat 12 beer works to produce their beer um and they actually bought them yeah and then they yeah they purchased that brewery and then actually renamed flat 12 to uh rad brewing i think Mm -hmm. in 2019 um so they actually do own another brewery where they i think they produce most of their beer there um but it looks like they still are are continuing the books and brews uh themed um locations uh and again it's just something so unique that um it it makes sense to continue i i think Mm -hmm. um but yeah, they, uh, the other thing, they do some really unique, uh, marketing and branding. They also have what they call books and brews TV, where they do like online education, uh, like live streams. Um, they've done a couple of other, uh, different things, um, as well. Uh, and it, it really is something, um, they've done like beer school, They've done virtual book clubs. Uh, it is really a, a kind of a unique, um, unique thing that I honestly have never really seen um, that before. And they also have a pot their own podcast. Um, it looks like the podcast. I'm not sure how much they keep up with it, but um, again, another really cool and and different and unique thing that you don't see from a lot of different breweries. Yeah, no, that is, that is really cool. And it's something that I think it, it, it's one thing in the, in have for the Indianapolis beer scene as a whole, having something like books and brews that is kind of more unique. Um, and the fact that they have so many local, cause I think that's one reason that they are able to have so many locations is that going back to what we were talking about earlier, that they have like this space that is, you're supposed to come to there and it's a very, you know, community feel. And that's why you're able to have all these locations that it's not just about making beer and distributing it, you know, that there, there's more to it than that. And so it's, it provides a very interesting aspect to the Indianapolis beer scene as a whole, because Indy does have an underrated beer scene. Like there's a lot of like, I've, there's several good breweries um, in that area. And I know there's other ones that I haven't been to. Um, they're supposed to be very good. 
Uh, and they're just what they're another part of that, that a part of that tapestry that has kind of helped build that scene into something that, you know, is, is worth visiting just for the beer alone uh, without, you know, even factoring in other cool things to be able to do in the Indianapolis area. Yeah. So um, I have been to Indy um, one time before and I, I went to a couple of different breweries. Um, I know the one that I actually wanted to go to that I didn't end up going to was uh, Sun King. Um, mm-hmm. but I know that that's probably the most, the biggest brewery there. Um, but they've also got a bunch of other, I mean, within, uh, 25 miles of downtown Cincy, a hundred or Indy, sorry, <laughs> 116 different breweries is, wow. uh, kind of a, like a raw number. Um, but they've got so many, um, just different ones. Um, Sun King, one of the ones that I was a really big fan of when I went there was Metazoa, which actually has a dog park on, it's like kind of a dog themed brewery and they have a dog park, um, on, uh, on site there. Um, I was also a big fan of Taxman. If you like sours and, and kind of the, the Belgian, uh, Belgian style saisons, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taxman, they actually just opened up a new location. They have a, their original location. Like I think it's South of Indy, but they opened up one in a, um, like right by, uh, I don't know what it's called now, but the, the Indianapolis, the, uh, Pacers basketball stadium, Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Banker's Life Field, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, and it's, it's like right across the street from there. Um, oh, cool. In a, in a area, um, called City Way that has been like, uh, completely rebuilt and rejuvenated. Um, but yeah, so many good breweries there. Um, yeah, Sun King, Sun King is, Sun King is quite good. I enjoyed a couple, especially their cream ale and a wild ale I had there. And they've won several GABF medals. Like this last year, even they won. They, I think they might've had like the most GABF, GABF medals by a single brewery even. Um, and then some of the cool ones, uh, St. Joseph, I want to shout out too, because they were the one, they're, they're in an old church and it's just an amazing tap room. Like it's like you walk in and you're in the sanctuary and it just feels like you're drinking in a church, but that it's also a tap room. Um, really, really cool space. Um, and then Daredevil, which is out by the Indianapolis Speedway, they make a lot of really good uh, traditional beers. You know, they I had a really good Kolsch and a Bach, uh, and their American IPA liftoff was phenomenal. That was one of my favorite beers of the trip. Um, Central State and Center Point and Fountain Square are three others that, that were all really good, um, that had different really good beers. Uh, I had a peanut butter lager at Fountain Square that was quite delicious, so... Yeah, there's a lot more I know that I would like to get to down there. Uh, hopefully at some point when traveling is back up, we're able to, to revisit there uh, and, and spend more time. I know that you mentioned like Metazoa, like that, that's one that I had on my list and I just, I didn't, I only had two nights, I just didn't get there. Um, but th- that would be one that if I was to get back that I, I would like to be able to, to hit up and, and kind of check out what they've got going on. Yeah, Metazoa is is a good one. You mentioned uh, Central State, their location. Yep. I think it's called the Coal Ship, where they actually there is what their um, tap room is called. Um, yeah, and they they're a cool smaller place. I really wanted to go to Fountain Square because I've heard really good things about them, and there's mm-hmm. like four breweries right all within. Uh, walking distance. There's a Brew Dog. Um, there's actually an Upland Brewery, which is. Um, they're out of Bloomington, but Upland has a location there. And then there's a meadery as well, right there. I'm um, not a huge mead person, but 
Um, yeah, it's one of those like when in Rome sort of things. Yeah, you, I've, I've been to music. one. I've been to one place that does the, that, that only does like the meads and everything. And I would probably do it again if it was like the play. Like if there was just a place to get to it, I would never go to a meadery if there was also a brewery to choose. Like if I was picking between the two, I would go to the brewery over the meadery. But um, it was interesting the one that I did go to, so it'd be something that I would check out again if if that's what it came to. Yeah, so um, so I think that's it on uh, uh, books and brews. I, if you're in Indi- Indiana, specifically Indianapolis, um, check them out. They are one of the more unique breweries. Um, what uh, what do you have coming up? I know it's I know you're a big March Madness guy, where, which is right around the corner. My Buckeyes are are doing really well. Uh, maybe getting that number one seed. I don't know. Uh, if you're going to do another uh, March Madness yeah, bracket we'll see. this we year. May. Um, I didn't envision because I thought, I think last year, uh, for those that don't, that weren't following me or um, maybe don't remember that I did the the two different brackets, one for Brewery Madness, where it was uh, 64 breweries. And then I did Beer City Madness, which was 64 cities based on the breweries that was all based on Twitter polls and had a blast. Wrote a couple articles for the website with it. It was a lot of fun. Um I didn't think that we'd be in the same position where it was still kind of pandemic-y and not being able to travel a full year later um, at that time, but here we are. So I may, I, I, you know, we'll see, I may do the, may do it again. We'll see uh, if we get similar results as last time. Um, but yeah, it, that was something that was a lot of fun. So it really kind of promoted engagement. And the big thing for me was that with both of them, it kind of, brought people it kind of brought to attention for a lot of people different breweries and different regions like different cities and regions that they may not have been familiar with uh that was a big thing with the conversations going on like people learning about different breweries and cities that they otherwise didn't have the experience uh, and knowledge about so um yeah we'll see i think that that may be that may be in the cards so you can keep your eye out on twitter for that yeah, and the other interesting thing in talking about Indianapolis, the entire NCAA basketball tournament, the men's tournament, yes. is going to be in Indianapolis, which I don't think it's going to be open to the public, but that would be just the ultimate mecca of, like, I couldn't imagine having, like, an all-day pass to, you know, if, if they if it was, like, open to the public, having an all-day pass and just going and saying, hey, you know, there's a gym over here where where we've got games, there's a gym here. Just, and just pick and choose which games uh, and, and have an amazing sports weekend. That's unfortunately not going to be a possibility, but I yeah. know that uh, it is cool because Indiana is a huge basket, basketball state. Oh, um, absolutely. And it is great for that town um, because they've done so much with their downtown area. It's a great place to visit. Um, it's so, uh, I, and I, I was there when it was really cold, but it's Mm -hmm. very walkable um and it's a very like clean downtown area yeah um, and also super easy to get around um and they have plenty of of hotels there's always tons of conventions and things like that in indianapolis so they've got plenty of hotels that are cheap and it's a very affordable city a lot of great restaurants a really great place to visit if you've never been to indianapolis yeah and on top of that too i mean if a little ways outside of downtown, like there's all sorts of stuff because the NCAA has their headquarters there too. And you can check that out. But then also uh, having like the, I mentioned the Indianapolis speedway, it's really cool. I'm not into racing personally, but we still went and did the tour where you take the bus right around and get out and kiss the bricks. And it was a really cool experience because even as, even if I'm not someone that's into racing, I still can understand and appreciate like the history 
that's there because they have a whole museum there that's inside the track. And um, that's a really cool little touristy spot as well. Um, but yeah, no, really, really underrated place to visit, I think, as a whole, you know, beer and otherwise. Yeah, just don't go there in the, I think it was like November when I was there. And it's because there's not really, it's a super flat area, the wind and yeah. when it's cold. The dead it's of winter. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> visiting anywhere in the Midwest in dead of winter, you're, you're, gonna, you're probably not going to have as great of a time as if you visited in the spring or summer. I know. I think I jinxed us in Cincinnati. I, I had been saying, we haven't really gotten a lot of snow the past few years. And we've gotten like 10 inches of snow over the past <laughs> four or five days. So yeah, uh, we broke some records here over in, in the last month, I believe. We have a the piles at the end of my driveway in Milwaukee here about five feet. And we're currently in the cold spell. We've had like a week straight now where the, the wind chill's been below zero for like the last wow. like week, and we still have more more of it to come. So it's been one of those polar vortexes that's just been a joy, a joy to deal with. It's a good time to uh to get some beer from your local brewery, get a, a either a growler or a six-pack and stay at home and and hang out at home and then wait, exactly. uh, hibernate for, for another couple of weeks and then get out and check out some breweries. So, uh, absolutely. I think that's going to be the plan here in the next few weeks, uh, get out and get some breweries. I am currently, uh, as we speak sitting at 299 breweries Oops. and I do have a 300th brewery picked out, uh, that we're going to hit in the next couple of weeks. We might be doing a special version of my other podcast live at that 300 oh, brewery so uh so stay tuned for that um and uh, we will have another episode uh of brewery adventures next week uh joel first uh let let us let everyone know where to follow where to follow you and where to find you and all the fun stuff uh that we've yeah. got to do to promote yeah so uh again on twitter it's at brewery travels instagram it's at brewery underscore travels and then uh the website is the brewery travels.com um, and yeah, we'll see what we all got going on. I think I'm at, I'm at, is my at 596 right now? And I don't know yet what, what number 600 will be yet. So partially because next month we're going to be welcoming, my wife is going to be giving birth to our son. Uh, so we're, we're probably not going to be doing a whole lot of traveling uh, for the time being. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly. I just did get to the new place here in Milwaukee that opened. Um, and I actually have a growler from them sitting in my fridge. So you mentioned getting the growler from the local places. Um, so I'm able to support them and we'll see how that all goes though. So I'm, excellent. Yeah. And early congratulations. If we don't, uh, we might just sneak in one more before, yeah. uh, before the newborn comes in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then because if it's after, you know, I might sound a little more tired, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make do, we'll make do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So thanks uh, very much for joining me. Make sure you go follow Joel. Uh, on all of his uh, all of his accounts and uh, check out brewery adventures at brewery adventures underscore on instagram check out mmamckinney.com for all of your beer and mma needs we'll be back next week with another episode Remember when you were riding in your car Not thinking about much, didn't get too far Nineteen miles till the gas ran out And I ain't never walked that far before